Sal Bruno, Chief Investment Officer, Index IQ. So, you know, we were saying the roaring 20s and people were waiting for the reopening and everybody's going to get their vaccination. But same time, we're watching inflation and some rising interest rates. What does it all mean to you? Well, thanks for having me, Nicole. So, you know, there are obviously some crosswinds going on. I mean, you have, we had a, you know, nice look at vaccinations. We had, uh, it looks like the U.S. was on pace to uh, start reopening. And I think we're still on pace, but you have to have a little bit of pause because of what's gone on in Europe and some of the concerns of rising cases and talks of more shutdown going on over there. Um, and I think that's having a little bit of a dampening effect over here. But, you know, leading into that, we saw a very strong move up in the uh, in the 10 year. Uh, U.S. Treasury, you know, breaking up to 1.7, retreating back down a little bit now, back down to 1.6, potentially because of, you know, what we've seen over in Europe. Um, but, you know, we have seen, you know, rising growth um, leading to inflation concerns. Uh, you know, the break-even inflation rates have been moving higher on both the five-year and the 10-year. But I think what's interesting is, I think the question becomes, you know, don't fight the Fed has always been the adage. Um, and Chairman Powell has been pretty adamant that he's not very worried about un unwanted inflation, um, despite the fact that we have the $1.9 trillion stimulus coming out and the checks are in the mail. Um, and you have the infrastructure pack uh, bill, which is uh, start certainly starting to get a lot of attention down in Washington, which would be even more stimulus. Um, but, you know, he's likely to keep rates low for the foreseeable future. He has said that, committed to that. Um, and so the question is, at what point do they act and will that be quick enough? Yeah, because, I mean, there's different things that they could do, right? Um, we know that they're not extending certain programs beyond the end of this month. Um, it's not just the idea of raising rates. They could taper the bond buying. There's different policies and things that they can do, right? There's a lot of tools in the box, right? What could they do that wouldn't spook the market when they're ready to try and slow it down a little? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of tools at disposal, and there are a lot of, you know, the secondary market um, corporate credit facility and the primary market that's out there. And there are things that they could pull back some of the support they've given, um, and that would have an impact potentially on the bond market, um, could could leak into the stock market. You know, you hope the hope is that corporate earnings are rebounding enough in the U.S., um, and we're looking at potentially 20 to 30 percent earnings growth in the uh, coming out of the first quarter of this year, that that will give us, uh, you know, enough of a boost that they could start withdrawing some of that. The caveat is, um, and you never know until you kind of rip off the Band-Aid a little bit, is, is has the, have the wounds actually healed? You know, we've seen some evidence in China where they've pulled back some of their fiscal stimulus and it hasn't gone so well for the equity markets there. So, um, you know, again, when, when you break a bone and uh, you, or you have something and you have a cast on, you think it's healing properly under, but you never fully know until you actually uh, take off the cast and see what's been going on underneath. And I think there's a little bit of right. that that we have to see coming coming out of this. That's a, that's a good analogy. We also look at the U.S. dollar, which, you know, a lot of people thought would stay under some... Uh, right now, let me just say it this way. I mean, the U.S. dollar is moving to four-month highs. And so people are watching that as well. And maybe we'll see some changes in what might be the earnings growth that we're expecting from certain um, equities, right? We have all these earnings projections based on a weaker dollar. Now you're getting a stronger dollar. They may have to change that. Also, I know you have tips for investors overall when we talk about equities and bonds. So how do you make money in 2021? <laughs> Well, I think the interesting thing has been the dollar. I mean, you know, having been in the industry for a while, you, you see consensus um, views coming out in certain asset classes. And 
I'm hard pressed to come up with a time where I saw a more negative view on the dollar than I saw coming into this year. And lo and behold, the dollar has defied expectation and has moved in the opposite direction. Uh, and I think for us, what it really means is that you need to diversify your positions and hedge some of your exposures. So, you know, we talk also about investing. Um, about, we've talked a little bit about uh, in some of our previous um, discussions about you know the U.S. and the rotation we're seeing into value, into things like energy, industrials, materials. Banks have done reasonably well this year um, with a steepening yield curve. Um, but international is, is pretty interesting. You know, low interest rate, um, very accommodative policy, very low valuation. Um, but the risk there is that you have. Uh, you have exposure to those currencies. And when those currencies are appreciating, if you're a US-based based investor, that's fantastic. It's a tailwind for you. When the dollar starts to appreciate, it eats into some of those returns. So you know, we're talking to people about making sure you have at least a partial hedge, because despite the fact that uh, consensus may be moving in one direction, there is always the chance that they could move in the opposite direction. We saw that with the dollar. You know, we always. So, what do you like? It's sort of. It's a. Let me jump in here, Sal, so I really understand what it is that you like. I mean, you mentioned value. You mentioned energy. I'm not sure if that's what you're suggesting to at least put some money in. Um, currencies are something to watch, but you said alts can perform well in periods and higher interest rates, which is the environment we're in. Commodities can provide a hedge against inflation. So, um, alts. Gold, for example, is there, is there something you're recommending? What are you recommending? So gold, yeah, gold has been really interesting. Normally, when you have inflation, you'd expect to see gold doing really well, and it's really moved in the opposite direction so far. And um, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Um, you know, I've heard people put out positions talking about maybe digital currency is, is taking on that role. We'll we'll have to see if it really fills the role of, a, of an inflation hedge. Um, but gold hasn't really done um, what you would expect it to do in this type of an environment. Um, you know, if you're looking at ways of hedging inflation risk, commodities we think are a good way to do that. Um, whether they you go and actually do it through futures contracts or owning equities, we talked about oil prices, and you said some of the energy companies doing better on higher oil prices. Owning equities with exposure to commodities, whether they be oil, uh, precious metals, industrial metals, if those are doing well, the energy the companies that are exposed to them tend to do well. Also, um, and then when you look at more traditional. Um, alternative assets, things like a merger ARB strategy, can actually do uh, well in a rising rate environment. And, and this kind of holds true across a bunch of different alts, because what happens is you get paid a little bit more on your on the collateral that you're holding against some of these positions. Often, alternatives will have some leverage built in, they'll have positions, and they'll have some cash as the collateral against them. And in an environment where you're getting paid zero to sit on that cash, it makes alts less attractive. As rates start to move higher, you get paid a little bit more on that collateral. It actually makes your returns on the alternative strategies a little bit better. I think the interesting you thing- You have to be careful. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to say, when you're talking about alts, I think you're talking about all kinds of things, right? I mean, you mentioned um, different things that you could play in your portfolio, real estate, IPOs, SPACs, um, just to name a few. What's your final thought? Yeah, so the final thought is, uh, you know, alts cover a wide range, and they're not all created equal. And I think the important point is every investment has a different risk embedded in it. And we're trying to find is risks that are being driven by something other than the direction of the equity market. When the equity market's going up, PEVC, great, they have a lot of equity beta, they can amplify returns. Um, but in a normal environment, you're looking for diversifiers, things like multi-strategy hedge funds, merger ARB strategies, market neutral, that tend to have slightly different drivers in the equity markets, can provide a nice little ballast or um, some potential diversification against equity market moves. Sal, it's great to chat with you today. Thank you so much. 
Sal Bruno, Chief Investment Officer, Index IQ. Thanks.